0: I mean, I don't think you ever get over it completely. It's always there. Um, you always remember it. Like, you'll dream something or something will trigger some memory at some time. Um, but it just gets lesser and lesser. Sometimes I get anxiety really badly and this is what it feels like, okay? This is the last one I wrote. No, I can't. I can't walk out that door. Something horrid to me will happen once more. Yes, I've had this feeling before. Fear, terror, hate and pain. Forbidden I am to leave this room. On the other side, so many bags of impending doom. Hidden faces in darkness. Shadows, they fall. Futile, oh, I know. Help, I try to call. My voice is broken in so many pieces. The attempt to scream rapidly ceases. The hands around my throat tightly squeeze. I'm giving up. I fall to my knees. safe in my home, not safe you no more. So much trouble walking straight through the door. Who opened my life? Who let them in? Oh yes, I did. I must pay for my sin. Uh-huh. It's what anxiety feels like. Just like that. Do you still get that feeling? Yeah. Go through anxiety, yeah. I do. That's something I don't think I'll ever leave me. Where do you want to start, your story? Um, Where do you want to start? At the beginning. (laughs) I was born in 1963. I was born in Sydney, Stanmore. Oh, you were born in Sydney? Yeah. We came down here in 67. Me, Mum, Dad and my big brother. Shane came about three years later. And then Melissa came. Two boys, two girls. But Mum came down here with Dad. She worked all her life, and she taught computer technology at TAFE. And I didn't learn from her. I was stupid. I should have learnt, and that was years ago, when they first got computers in. I should have done that. But nah. Um, I'd already left anyway. What was the reason why you left home? Um... Because I had to. I wanted to. I'd spent a lot of time with the women who worked at the women's refuge in Annie Kenny, And I knew that I could run. And that was my way out. I'd run away a few times before, but I never, my, my parents didn't search for me, didn't look for me. They knew I was going. What was life like up until the time that you ran away from home? Predictable. Um, I knew when he was walking through the door, so I, for somehow, you knew not to hide. He was really awful man. I think that's why I ran. And mum would pick me up and say, I love you. And love meant hate to me because that's what he'd say to me. I love you. You're so special. And I just, that was pain to me. And so when people said they loved me, I'd just run because that was pain. It just didn't, didn't feel like love as it's defined. It felt like pain. And, yeah, hated it, and spent a lot of time alone and running. What what age was he abusing you? Oh, God, from four onwards. And you left school mm. at what age were you? I was 12, grade 6, you're 12, 13, when you go into grade 7. I had two weeks of grade 7. It's first year. and two weeks of that, then ran. I knew where I was going too. <laughs> I went to, um, I ran to Annie Kenny, the women's refuge, in, when it was in Hampton Road. And ended up having a relationship with a the worker there. She was eighteen. Just lovely. It was really nice for a change. So you left home? Mm. Mm-hmm. You ran away. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or well, how did you support yourself? On the jet boats. I got thirty two dollars from social security a fortnight. And then went down to the jet boats about every second night. What are they, went, what are they called? The Japanese fishing boats. They were catching sharks, um, gray nurse sharks, and they'd be hanging off the the boats. There'd be heaps of them down on the wharf. How did you feel at 13? Um, Okay. I was with Lisa. I wasn't alone. This is the woman that you were in a relationship with? Yeah. Mm. I was with her. I wasn't alone. You felt safe with her? Yeah, I felt safe. I felt okay. I didn't let a man take control of me after I left home. No man took control of me, no way. So you felt empowered? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't going to be hurt anymore, that I could do what I wanted, and if I wanted to do that, I got paid for it. I didn't volunteer it up. It sounds like you experienced a, a loving relationship with Lisa. Would you say that? With Lisa, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that was good for you, Lisa? Yeah. Yeah. She was lovely. And she taught me a lot. And I was lucky because I lived in this house in West Hobart um, with all these women who worked at the shelter or Annie Kenny. They really looked after me a lot. and really cared for me. They were really lovely people. So did you did you enjoy the work? No. Nope, not really. It was like typing. To me it was like typing. I hate typing. <laughs> I do. I know how to touch type, but <laughs> um it's like it was like typing, yeah. It was work. It was a job to me. That's all yeah. it was. Just a job. Yeah. And I, I could see it like that. Lots of people can't. But um I could. I could see it just as a job and just like I was doing a normal job. Mm -hmm. Um, And in a way, I felt like I was probably, if I was saving one kid or one woman from having to do something they didn't want to do, then I was doing something right. Mm. And I felt good about that. How did you first come to try heroin? Um, and how old were you? I was 13 then. I just, excuse me, moved into the house with Lisa and Miss Tobart from Annie Kenny. And two women came over from Melbourne and they bought a Speedball over with them. And that was a mixture of heroin and cocaine. And I got asked if I wanted a taste. And of course I said yes. And um they had a taste, they hit it up, and it was really nice. It makes you feel okay, it makes you feel good, as long as you've got it. When you haven't got it, it doesn't. As long as it's there, you feel good. And as long as you know you've got your next taste, it's fine. But if you haven't, that's when you worry. So when you were using, Mm -hmm. when would you have your first hit? Um, First, uh, 24 hours a day, I'd use speed at night to hook to get heroin for the day. Speed would stop you from hanging. So I could hook all night and get heroin for the day so I could hook through the day. Yeah, it's a body medication. Yeah. And if you don't have it, you get really bloody sick. You get Mm. so sick. And hanging out is hell, absolute hell. It's horrible stuff. can't sleep. You can't move. Your body hurts. You want to throw up. You get cramps. You get the heebie-jeebies in your legs, so you bash your feet against the wall. Um It's just horrible, your eyes open like that. Um, It's just, oh God, it's horrible. It's just the most terrible feeling. That's awful sickness. There I was, laying in the street, and needling my arm, vomit at my feet. Rivers of blood flowing from the hit, mark, twisting and turning, the blood splits apart. My body contorted, rigid and blue. People step over or on me, they tread. There's no movement, yes, I am dead. Oh, well, no great loss or bother, as ultimately I'm put under cover. Just another junkie hooker. Again, great no loss or bother, the devil finally took her. Tell me about that poem. Oh, I OD'd lots of times there in the street, but I didn't die. I was always brought back, gave me Narcane, bang, um, which means you have to go and get a hitch. Um, but that's what happens when you're, you're late, when you're OD and you're on the ground, people do tread on you, they do kick you, they just step over you, no-one cares. And they don't want to get involved, in it, so they just leave them. And that's been that was in my head for years. Well, if you could, if you could say something to those people, that think about it. Think about what you're doing. If you were laying in the street, I wouldn't kick you. I wouldn't step over you. I'd make sure you were okay. I would. You no, know, even if they just fell over the head. No, you don't do that, you don't kick people, you don't step on people but that's what people did. So you describe your life as playing a game of Russian and yeah. all that a good... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it, yeah. That's what you did. You didn't know what was going to happen from one minute to the next. You didn't know if you were going to live from one minute to the next. Um, you know where you are going to be, you didn't know what state you were going to be in. Things just change all the time mm. And that was my life. When you look back I wanna cry do you? <laughs> Yeah Just a little bit <laughs> Why why does it bring up that kind of feeling? Just that just laying there and people just stepping over you I don't care Now you may Be a drug addict, but that's a medical condition. That's a problem. That's a sickness. It's a disease. It's it's something that people should care about and think about. know, is this person alive? Don't kick them. Don't tread on them. Check them. I I didn't understand people were like that until that started to they saw that kind of stuff and it happened to me. I didn't know people would be like that, but they are. <laughs> Lots of people don't care. They just live in their own little world and that's their heaven. And yours isn't. Yours is hell. And that's what they see. Were you aware at that age that you were in some kind of pain from the abuse that you'd experienced? Yeah. You did? Mm-hmm. Yes, I knew. Mm. Yeah, I could feel it. That's mm. what I, I said about love, you know. My mum would say, I love you, and I'd just run. Say, nah, 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 and run. Because mm. love was pain. Until... I got with Lisa and I understood it more, and then sort of that turned into love, and I understood love then, um, and I was using men myself. Rest in peace to the woman I used to be, now it's all over and I am set free. The darkness I came from, the pain and debris, the hate and the hell I need to face, the guilt and self-worth I was a disgrace. Please give me the strength to overcome, I beg for your help, a hand in the sun. I have to give to so many I've hurt, I lived for so long with my heart in the dirt. Rest in peace to that woman, she's gone, lost and lonely, she's tired and worn. Now I'm alive and have a chance, so scared, frightened but it's my turn to dance And have you danced? No Oh yes I danced with Sonia No I, I, mean, I mean have you danced when you say it's my turn to dance I'm imagining well, it's your turn that's what I'm doing politically Right. My dance is doing that is doing what I want to achieve politically And what's that? I want to be an MP I do I will be one, eventually. I'll be honest and I'll be true and I'll be real. And I won't forget where I came from, like they do. And if you don't forget, then you can help people. And that's what I want to do. And Sonia is going to be my advisor slash bouncer. But yeah. So, if you're an MP, mm-hmm. what will you do for people? Housing. I do for women a lot of things because men are looked at all the time. And I want women to have the support and help they need. And I want places like Common Ground to be built for low income and homelessness. Middle-aged women need appropriate housing. We need secure housing. We need to be able to go forward, not go back to what we knew. Um, And that's what happens so much, so often. And that's sad. So I fight for middle-aged women now. I fought for youth when I was a youth. Mm. But I've always been political. Homelessness is unsafe, insecure. Um, don't know where you're going to sleep the next day. But I always found somewhere. Always managed to. I mean, I slept on benches, but homelessness has affected me, like from youth up till I moved in here. What are the words that you would say to people, like, this is This is who I am? I'm, I'm not... You might see me as a as a heroin addict you can see my past but look at my future and look at me now meet me now understand my past know my past know me now and see my future that's all I can say I like the person I am now I do